Leads, leads, leads. What is happening? Welcome to Working Hours, a show about a place called Leeds, a time called Now, and an activity called Work. Working Hours wants to record 1,000 loiners over the course of this, the most important decade in the history of the human species, and ask them about what they do all day, and hear how they feel about it. My name is Simon, and this is all my fault. What did you want to be when you grew up? A singer. A singer. A singer. A singer. (laughs) Yeah, I always wanted to be a singer. um, And I always was, you know, I always was a singer. I think maybe when I was a baby, I made some noise and someone said, oh, she's got a lovely voice. And then then it's just been clear. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, you didn't have any other diversions. You didn't suddenly want to become, you know, a doctor or a lawyer or whatever when you... No. Uh, when I was when I was young, I had a very chaotic sort of family life, um, mm. and so I had a big dream. I think I had a big dream of being a policewoman, mm. um, and I think it was mainly to get some law and order into my household. Which <laughs> apparently, um, I used to, my mum and dad bought me a truncheon, and I would go around the house telling people I'm smoking and like <laughs> leaving litter. <laughs> stuff. Um, so, and, and that has stayed with me. I have like a part of me has like had this thing about maybe being a police officer but I'm surrounded by hippies so that will never happen (laughs) (laughs) you're listening to series three episode 26 and to my guest Bonnie Milnes this is another zoom interview recorded on the 29th of April 2022 hello loves welcome to radio four from hell Bonnie Milnes is an actress and musician living in Leeds. She says that there's no money in either, so she also works as a carer. At the beginning of the pandemic, her band stopped performing and she lost her business, a rehearsal studio in the centre of York. Living on her own and finding her work as a carer harder than she'd ever experienced before, it was a particularly dark time in Bonnie's life. Now she is inspired to bring people together and make the most of her new life in Leeds. As Bonnie has always been passionate about fashion and has mountains of clothes from previous shows, she began a clothes swap from her home in order to meet like-minded women. Since then, she has met some amazing friends who she's been on holidays with and gotten close to. Bonnie says, I feel very lucky to have this community and I want to share the love. Whilst the swaps are free, so as not to exclude anyone currently hard up, there is a suggested £4 donation to the swaps and the proceeds are donated to women's charities. The cost of giving a woman a whole fresh start after experiencing domestic violence is absolutely enormous, so women's aid need every penny. To find out more about Good On You, go to goodonyou.eco. To donate to Women's Aid or find out more about the work they do, go to womensaid.org.uk. Now, please enjoy this episode of Working Hours with Bonnie Milnes. Okay, so what is it that you are doing now then? Now I am, um, so for money and something that I've done since I was 18, it's been a care worker. Um, So I work with one client who I've worked with for seven or eight years um, and I go to her home and support her to um, live a safe and healthy life and do that like I do live in GIF, so I go and stay with her for 24 hours and I do that once or twice a week. I also am a singer and like a performer and I have a band. We go on tour sometimes and I do a bit of acting and um, sometimes a bit of modelling and stuff, but that stuff doesn't make any money. So that's just all like, even the music doesn't make any money. Um, So that's all just for fun, really. But I would still consider that work. Yeah. So, I mean, would the ideal then be to be paid full-time as a singer? Yeah, yeah, it would. I don't think, I think in order to do that, you'd, you'd, I I think you'd maybe have to suck a lot of the fun out of it and just, Mm. and I don't know whether or not I'm really prepared to, to, to do that. I quite like having this mix that I have of Mm. of different jobs because there's, doing those other things like acting singing there's you, you don't really get um you're not really helping anyone by doing those things mm. except for yourself and um and you know you 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 might write a song that will really resonate with someone and change and, and make them feel better but i i don't know like i've 
my, my sister's got Down syndrome and um, I trained at uni as a, as a sort of special, special ed teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always felt like I have some kind of duty to do that line of work. Mm. You've been doing that for a few years. I mean, were you doing any care work before that then? Um, I've been doing that since I was 18. So I I was doing it when I left school. Then I worked as a care worker and, um, for for a while. And then I went to uni mm. to study to be a special needs teacher mm. and did that. But I kept looking after this, working with this lady whilst I was doing that. And then I graduated and I w- went to work as a special needs tutor. Um, but that just took all of my time mm. and I had no time to do any music or oh yeah, make, do anything creative. And I was got quite depressed, to be honest, yeah. Um, yeah. because I didn't really have much of a life outside of it. And I loved it. I loved the students and it was the funnest job. And mm. like, but it just wasn't worth, wasn't worth the, the sacrifices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it sort of interpersonal care as well? Like, are you sort of like fully dressing and changing sort of people or is it more company based or um i work with one lady so i'm very lucky i've got i've got i just work with one lady in her home Mm. um i don't have my brother's also a care worker and he goes home to home he has heaps of clients and yeah yeah. he does that but i just work with one lady and there's not there's not much personal care in it it's um it's mainly uh it's she had a brain injury so it's sort of mental it's quite serious mental health problems and um and she's on lots of medication and she needs support to yeah, yeah. to do things like that but i, I probably won't talk too much about that because i don't wouldn't want to yeah, yeah yeah we'd normally spend a bit of time talking about what someone's doing in their work and that'll cover like a lot of sometimes it'll cover kind of things or give me hints of things that they like and they don't like and then i'll come to the question on sort of what will you what would you change about your work so i mean if there were any three things that you could change about your work and that includes like the way that you are working as well what what would they be if there were three things i could change about yeah if you could change any three things about the way that you're working at the moment what what would you change I would like to be paid more to do the music because I could then um, offer my band more money. Mm. That would be probably number one. Um, I love my job with Karen. I actually love it. So um, it's quite a hard question. I would like to be paid more to do to do singing. Um, I would like to have more clarity in in. in the acting stuff because you never know what you're doing with that at all. Like, yeah, you don't. You keep like they tell you, oh, we might need you in June, so you keep the whole of fucking June free, mm. and then they'll tell you like, oh, like May the 29th, well, we won't need you next month, and you'll be like, oh, great. <laughs> so I would maybe have some more clarity on that. Um, and with the sort of support work and caring. Uh, I would maybe like to work with my colleagues a bit more because most of the time it's one-to-one mm-hmm. um, and I really enjoy working when they're also working. Sometimes when we go out for a day and take her out for the day, then there will be two of us. Um, but a lot of the time I am on my own just with her with that job and it's nicer to be another colleague. But mm. obviously there's financial strains on that. It's hard to afford. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's it. Cool. Okay, um, so I'll go back to lockdown now so um i mean if you take us through sort of where you were at as we went into lockdown and then sort of just through lockdown and how that how that changed your work and has that changed your work permanently or is it kind of is it back to normal as they say you know well it did it changed my life completely the lockdown um before the lockdown i had my own business in york um I had a rehearsal room, like rehearsal studios in the centre of York. Um, and that closed. And I was also working as a fitness instructor um, at my local gym and that stopped. And uh, and the only thing that I had left was the, the caring job. 
and my band obviously stopped touring. And um, the caring job got really, really, really hard because the government was saying that the, to work with our client, she was going to have to be in a separate room without us. We would only be able to, she wasn't allowed to leave. We would have to deliver her food to her. We weren't allowed to take it outside. When we saw her, we would have to wear masks, full PPE, gowns, everything. And this woman has no idea about the pandemic. She's got no memory yeah, yeah. And, she, and she's got severe mental health problems. So I was seeing nobody at all except from this lady mm. who I actually, I wasn't allowed to talk to my other colleagues, who I actually felt like I was torturing because I felt like what we were doing was really, really not good. Yeah, and yeah. It was more, much more dangerous than allowing her to mix with us who were mixing with nobody else, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So I became very, very very down, probably mm. the most lowest I've been in my life. And um, yeah, it was just a horrible, horrible time. I hope we never go back. Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, were you doing the same amount of hours through then or was everything taking longer? Were you, did you get more hours put on or? Well, I, I was working because my colleague was pregnant. Um, she stopped working. So I was then doing all of her shift. Mm. Um, and so I was working a lot, but to be honest with you, so we repeat, we sort of appealed to get that, um, shielding thing off the lady that we care for because she is physically healthy and yeah. she didn't really need it. But the doctors, the GPs sent it out to everyone blanket. Mm. So I, this person must shield. So we repealed it and thank God it got, they said, yeah, this was a mistake. She doesn't have to shield. So we began able to take her out and I had my small crossovers in the morning with my colleagues um, and working like then working completely saved me. I don't know what, I guess it was, it's, it was catch 22 because if I wasn't doing that job, I would have been able to mix with my family and I would have been able to mm -hmm. mix with like, you know, but because I was doing that job, I was lonely, but then the job saved me from loneliness because I was working with the lady. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I worked a lot, a lot actually. I I worked a, I saved um loads of money doing it, and I was able to go off. I went to Spain for a month at the end of the pandemic because I just yeah saved up. Yeah, like well deserved as well at that point. <laughs> it was just like oh. <laughs> so uh, yeah, sorry to make you go through that again. Oh, no, you think, yeah. Do you think it's changed? Do you work? sort of permanently or do you think it's changed your attitude to work at all or it's changed my I, I have um I don't know I really really enjoy that job and I really really like have a lot of time for my colleagues and we became very close during that time mm. um and we went through something together which I think was you know very significant I will definitely never forget it um and yeah i yeah i i think that's what's changed about my job is my relationship with my colleagues and i don't know it was so unexpected it was so weird it was just yeah i see i don't think we processed it yet I, I, you know we've kind of gone into forgotten about it mode but then at the same time i was interviewing someone yesterday and we were sort of covering this and um it was like you know trying to remember the dates of stuff and how long ago was it and when what when was it and like you know, time sort of collapsed. <laughs> this is like um, when did things happen? What's going on? Doing that thing that you do with trauma, you're like, yeah, I can't yeah. really remember it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or try not to remember it. Yeah. Um, I did actually start a podcast. You know, when I was with, during the lockdown. So all right. But about halfway through, um, I moved to Leeds and um, moved in with my boyfriend, um, and. He has his, he had a home studio, so we made a we made a, our own podcast downstairs, which was uh, which was great actually. Cool. What was it on? Uh, it had different themes each week, so um, it had like yeah different different sort of themes. It was I guess it was mainly aimed at women. It was quite funny. It had lots of stories and lots of different guests, but it it really did help to um, 
be more sociable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, is it still up then? Is it still available? Uh, I was actually on like some st- streaming thing where you had to pay like ten pound a month. So yeah. I, I don't know if like you're on the same thing, but I was like, yeah, it's, it's like it. It's just an expense at that point. If you're not doing it sort of regularly, it's yeah, it's just <laughs> it's just throwing money away, you know, unless you can yeah. actually monetize it. So yeah, but that that was you know that must have been a nice thing to do. How many episodes did you get out? Do you think? Five, but they were well. They were very well produced. Like, mm. um, and up and up. They say, yeah, I write music, and so it was nice to live in that house because there was a studio in it and stuff. And yeah, for a for a while, there were so many weird stages of it. For a yeah. while, um, my dad said that if I, because I met my boyfriend just before the pandemic, and then I got really depressed, as I said, and so my dad had moved in with me away from my family to sort of help me and, and look after me whilst I was working as a carer mm. and then I um wanted to be with Rufus my partner and my dad had said you can't live in this house it was our family house you, you can't live in this house if you can also mix with him yeah we moved to a caravan park like a boatyard moved into a cabin and lived in there for a while <laughs> so many stages of the lockdown that were like <laughs> really it just went on for well it, it it was weird because it went on forever but also there were like respites in it for some people i mean because everyone had a different experience as well because you know obviously you were working all the way through it and like some people were working all the way through it and then we're working at home and then we're doing like more hours than ever and it like it's just so i mean we all so many of us went through the same thing but then we didn't at all. It was such a different kind of experience. And there's some people it feels like it didn't even happen. Like my best mate, she runs the boatyard. Yeah. And at the boatyard, it was like there was no pandemic. Everyone was just li- living in the living in the boats, living like. <laughs> and I was just like at my work, it's like bloody everybody's covered head to toe in plastic, and like mm. over there, it's just like there's. It was just so weird. The different world. Mm. And and how people reacted to it as well, and, and like some people are like, no, you're not allowed within a hundred yards of my house. And other people are like, I don't care, whatever. Some people are like, is that a mask? Get it off, you robot. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have to wear it for my job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, well, I'll stay on the fun ones then, since we're in this region. And uh, so I'm going to talk about Brexit. Um, I love so. Brad. <laughs> this this always gets everyone like full of joy. So, have you noticed any effect on your work since we brexited? No, to be honest, there's not really any difference whatsoever in that industry. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking, if we're talking like Tory government, there's obviously a lot less um, mental health support. Like mm. mental health is just. With the lady that I work with, has gone down the absolute pan. Um, and yeah, with my sister, social workers, everything's just gone, yeah, down the absolute pan. But Brexit, I haven't really noticed, to be honest. Mm, yeah. I don't know whether to kind of talk more about the, the performance side of stuff or whether to go into a question and whether this question will kind of lead us into more of that kind of thing. Um, so if I give you, so basically the questions around social media and kind of how much social media takes up of your work and how beneficial is it to your work? Like, and is that time investment worthwhile? See, if people who are listening to this, it's like, I'm actually formulating a question <laughs> over time. <laughs> so eventually it will be like an actual question. Um, but yeah, so on the social media front, like how does that affect your work? Yeah, I guess I have to use social media in order to publicize when I'm going to play shows. Mm. Um, I enjoy social media. I enjoy posting on social media. Mm. When I look at social media for too long, I um, get really depressed. I think as everyone does. Um, and I also feel do feel this sense of guilt sometimes on social media that like I do present quite a like as, as everybody is doing a perfect yeah. lap. Yeah. Um, and I just feel really guilty that someone might look at it and then think like, oh do like is it is this what's 
I don't know, you know, comparing myself, but you're comparing yourself to something that doesn't exist. Yeah. And, um, and I do, yeah, I do, I do really feel that guilt. So I try and be as, like, as real as I possibly can without obviously, like, you know, I take a picture of my shit, but I also, like, <laughs> I also don't, like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I, you have to be very careful. I mean, in all, like, in all honesty, my band Instagram is, so bad like and facebook and everything like mm. i post probably a week before i go on tour like mm. the, um, the, the dates for it and yeah i'm surprised that anyone even comes to the gigs because there's no way for to know about it <laughs> <laughs> so would you say your social media game's strong then <laughs> i have i have i have so many instagram pages like for different things that i've set up and then they've gone down the pan like i've got <laughs> I've got <laughs> like sketch shows that I made during the pandemic. But um, <laughs> at the moment, I'm doing the good on you stuff. That's my main work as like as it was. Is I'm running a like a clothes swap for women's charities hmm. um, in Leeds. Okay. To um to help bring together women and to um help you know be sustainable and share clothes and stuff. So at the moment, that's what my social media game is all about. Hmm. My social media game for the singing is very, very weak. <laughs> <laughs> is there any of you singing on it? At least? There's bits. There are bits, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I'm usually, but the thing is, I go through these stages of reinvention where I take everything down. I contact, like, I contacted my old record label, Young Thugs, and I said, you need to, I'd got it into my head that everything needs to come down. And they're like, are you sure, Bonnie? I'm like, everything clean slate everything then it goes and six months later i'm like i've done nothing new i'm like that's so So, um are you quite a whimsical person then yes yes yeah i definitely am yeah so do you need like is the is the social care side of things then kind of like an anchor of yeah 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 yeah, I mean, th- like, uh, that's why I hate the question, what do you do mm. so much? I mm. hate it because people say, what do you do? And I just say, my answer is just what I think they want to hear. Like, yeah. if I think it's the one that's going to look like like me if I say that I'm a carer, I'll say I'm a care worker. If I meet a musician, then I'll say I'm a musician. If And then, I don't know, like... And then it changes, like, I'll say, I'm a carer, but I also do this. I'm just like, I hate that question so much. <laughs> it's like my housemate, it's like my housemate who works in a warehouse. But if someone asked me like about him, that would be the last thing that I'd say about what who he is or what he does, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your job, sometimes it can define you if you want it to define you, but it doesn't have to. Hmm. Well, I don't think it ever can entirely because you know everyone you you have to take on multiple different roles you know you you a child to your parents and you're a parent to your children if you have children and so on and like you know you someone's doctor or you know lawyer or you 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 know you've got so many roles to fulfill in society that yeah and then it's the sort of i i think a lot of it can be laid at the feet of the media i think there's a human tendency to kind of like condense everything and abbreviate everything and just kind of simplify it but the media reinforces that for us so part of the reason that i wanted to do this was um you know i wanted there to be like a careers advice kind of level to it of to say to people that there are all these different kind of jobs and different kind of things that you can do and it's not just you know there aren't just 12 jobs in the world (laughs) like a journalist and you know if you look on tv if you look in films especially the kind of jobs that the lead characters in films have like it's very narrow it'll generally be you know like how many of them are cops and how many of them are you know journalists and how many of them are like hard-hitting lawyers and all of this at the moment it's like everyone works as everyone works in marketing but you don't see them saying that they work in marketing and tv and film because no. they're too fucking boring <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we're marketing, but everyone's doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a very good point. Um, yeah, 
I mean, you know what you're marketing with your social media, or you know what you should be marketing, but you're yeah. not necessarily. Yeah, I'm not marketing anything. <laughs> 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 okay, so uh, I'm going to move on to my UBI question because I think it'll flow quite nicely this way. Uh, so if you were getting a universal basic income, what do you think that would change about your work? Do you think you, uh, I mean, as I put it to someone recently, do you think you would just lose a lot more money on your artistic and endeavors? Would you just be spending it on like doing more art stuff? <laughs> uh, yeah, I probably would. I definitely would still still be a care worker. Um, I, but I don't know. I don't know really. I'm. I think I would. Um, UBI is one like. I'm not sure. I'm. I understand why it would be really amazing, and I can see all of its benefits. Mm. But I've got. I don't know. How's it work? Like, Who's paying? Yeah, you know, and I understand, like, I, I understand the sort of premise of it and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just only really works with, like, don't know whether it would work with everyone. Like, mm. I feel like whether or not it's a good, good or bad thing. Mm. Like, my brother, um, who's a, who's a care worker, if you're, like, in a world that's, like, all my brother's mates are like when they're not when they're not at work, they're getting pissed. Mm. That's literally just the truth of it. And I just and I think the work gives a lot of them like summit to keep doing and like and some some purpose and some somewhere to be because life is life can be tough and and it's nice to know that you're needed in this place and and I just think that. For some, it would be good, but I just really worry about about others and UBI. So like a, a, a sort of the meaning creating function of work, of like work being able to give you meaning. And then, well, I suppose it's a question of whether you think everyone has the ability to make their own meaning for themselves. And and I think, you know, you, we've, we've all got that capability, but, you know, a lot, a lot it needs to be nourished and supported and nurtured and, um, but I think there would be a lot of good that would come out of it. You know, in many ways, if we think back to the pandemic, like, you know, a lot of the films would be the, just everyone's, you know, the, all the panic buying stuff that was in the media at the beginning of it, like that was very much something that they wanted to push because that's like a story that news can sell of like panic, panic, panic. But you know, the reality was that most, most people were pretty calm and orderly and sort of looking for looking to find the correct information and trying to do what what was expected of them and in most cases again you know people that were on it they you know they were ahead of the government and other people were just not engaged at all for whatever reasons but then at the, the, the same time would it be worse would that be a worse situation if there were more people kicking their heels i mean you know, maybe there'd be more people around to have more money to go to your gigs or, you know, they'd need more, more they'd need more entertainment anyway. They'd need more things to be entertained by. I'm guessing. I, I suppose that is true. I would, I would be interested in asking my brother, if you didn't have to do this job, would you still do it? Because it definitely does give a meaning and, um, yeah. I don't know, me and my dad always joke, we always just say, oh, the more, the more he's at work, the less he's out of trouble. I <laughs> genuinely, genuinely mean that. We're like, you know, this one is there, we know where he is. Yeah. <laughs> but I think as well, you know, you, you need, you need to care for other people. You, you know, it's not just, you need people to care for you. You, you need to care for other people as well. You need, to, you know, you, you. You need that exchange. You need to feel useful. You need to feel needed and you need to feel that you're doing something of purpose. And some people have it to like different, different sort of degrees. Like, yeah, I've, I've sort of, oh yeah, but you're, you're so right. Like, um, 
you, every, yeah, everybody does need to do it. Some some people have one person that they put all of their mm. sort of love attention in, and then some people have like like their d- different people. But I also, yeah, I, I'm drawn to being to finding even friendships where like my friend is sort of like in a troubled spot, like mm. and like you know, some people say like you're you're a carer or you're the person being cared for in in different friendships and relationships and stuff. Mm. Um, I do quite often go to find people to, to care for. Have you come across the term emotional labour? Remind me. Um, so, well, as as it sounds, but sort of, I, I mean, I was, <laughs> was going to get your ideas on it, but you, you flipped it on me and put me on the spot and made me actually have <laughs> to define it. <laughs> I could Google it. Um, but it's it's uh, doing the way I understand it. I think is it's doing the work for people. It's like you're being emotional f- for them. Like you're you're having to process your own emotions to make them happy, kind of thing. So it's like you're not allowed to have your own sort of anger or rage or whatever. You you, you have to keep resetting yourself um, to be on the level for the the other person. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. I think with. I mean, when you said being there with colleagues, was that um, come on, brain work? Uh, that being the kind of um, what am I trying to say here? The, the, like share it, sharing the load. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it's not just about having someone to chat to. It's it's like having someone there that's engaged in what you're doing on the same level as you rather than you just because that's a different relationship that's not a peer relationship a caregiving relationship is it it's a, yeah. like a reliant relationship yeah i mean it's i would say that it's a little bit different to a lot of care jobs i mean all care jobs are different because all people mm. are different different but this one's like um which we wouldn't patch she's a very intelligent woman who wouldn't like patronize or anything so I guess like it's we're not going to say like come on now it's time for you dinner or anything like it's like very different because I know this lady's like you know she's super super brainy and like and so it it's different in yeah it, but it still is a reliance I know that she I know that she you know she needs me to be there so the the relationship with the colleagues um. I don't know, we were all going through a really terrible time and we didn't, like, we just, we were the only people that we had was each other. Mm. Um, I was the only people that we saw. Um, yeah. And and I t- and I know all about, it's it's mainly one colleague, to be honest, because the way the shifts work is that you take over from the other one. So, yeah, yeah. Um, she was going through, and, and I also was in, um, yeah, I don't know how close, like how close we would be if all of the pandemic and stuff hadn't happened because we worked together for like five years beforehand, and we yeah. were just like normal colleagues, and like now we're very close friends, which is really nice. Well, that's it. It's, it's like your war buddies. You know, you you've been through something that nobody else has been through, and only you two know what that was like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were there. <laughs> we're, well, we're the only ones that know. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure I'm like. And like I'm, I know that every like everybody else had some had had a tough time during the pandemic, but I just think particularly like NHS care. Oh yeah, yeah. Very hard because of the because it, because the rules were being made by government who had no idea that it, what it felt like to actually implement those rules on someone mm. that was so vulnerable mm. um, to like to. They're like, just get them to all, just get all, yeah. them to, you know, fully cover up and wear masks and not be in the same room as each other and not let this person outside mm. of, of a room. And, you know, like, that's not like, I, that's for me, just yeah, I felt like I was almost torturing this woman and, and it was being made by someone who had no idea about the individual or what that is like for the carers to have to implement on the individual. Mm. Did you watch the film? Did you watch the film um, Help? No, no, I've not seen it. Or 
so accurate. It's got Stephen Graham in it. Mm. It's so accurate. It's about the pandemic and it, it's set in a care home. Mm. And like, it, it's really, really amazing. I would highly recommend it. Mm. Yeah. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of those stories kind of coming through now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, I mean, it was just a chaos and it was unprecedented and it was, and you know, and it's that sort of narrow view again, you know, that I think we're all guilty of, um, but I, I, you know, and I'm being overly fair to the government here, which, you know, I suppose for the sake of some kind of balance, <laughs> but you know, it, it was a new thing. It was, um, and it was like, it, it definitely felt from my memory of it, it was like kind of a blanket kind of, well, everyone just stay indoors then everyone just stay indoors. And then it's like, okay, well, but that's not going to work. All right. Um, people who need to go outdoors, who really, really, really need to go outdoors, they can go outdoors, but then what do they do? And who are those people? And how does that, you know, it's like, oh, well, everyone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For an hour. Actually, yeah. no, we're going to have, we're going to have categories now. Your, your band B or what tier two. <laughs> well, that's it. It was, it was like, you know, try all these different kind of quick all in one fits for the problem which is never going to work but then you can't design all the individual specific needs and so on so i mean you know it's not it's not an easy task and places did better than other places and you know some things work better than other things and um but yeah i mean gone just perhaps if i'd have just put the you know the responsibility more on the individual and said, you know, there's this virus, you will get it if you go within two meters of each other. Mm. Um and and then and if you're vulnerable, don't go near someone else. And mm. you know, rather than but then I guess that just shows sort of the faith that the government have in the in the public that they just they felt like they couldn't educate and get us to make our own decisions. They had to sell the I I know it's impossible to decide and that they that like must have been really hard coming up with this legislation when you've got no idea what is going on. But um, yeah, I just think it, you're right. They couldn't have never done it individual by individual. So, but they could have maybe put it in someone's hand. Definitely so could have been done better. Yes. <laughs> we can agree on that. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to come to the, we've done Brexit. We've done social media, done COVID. Uh, so climate change, um, so, and, and it, I, I use climate change cause it's a big kind of catch all for the environmental stuff. So, um, and my question is generally about whether from a work point of view, it's a concern and whether it's something that you can do anything about in your work, are you just creating carbon by working or are you kind of is there an adaptation and mitigation and things that you can do in your work or things that are happening or you know p p uh, policies being designed of like well this is going to change this working in the future um yeah if i can just get you to speak around that i mean i think the the like the nhs healthcare assistants nurses doctors and um care workers contribute hugely to um climate change because because of all of the single-use plastic we use, mm. like w with all of the medication, medication is just covered in plastic. Mm. All the tests are just absolutely covered in plastic. My client, um, is her brain injuries affected her, her being able to regulate the temperature. So her house has to be really, really warm all the time. Mm. Um, and because otherwise she'll be too cold. And yeah. I'm, it's, it's re it's really, it's, it's not great at all. I think the, the pandemic, like, I felt like we were really making, with the single use plastic thing, I really felt like we were making waves before the pandemic. Yeah. Like, we stopped using the bags, we stopped having unnecessary packaging on fruit and vegetables. And then since the pandemic, we've just kind of been, that was really, really bad and really traumatic. And that's, we're just, but it was also like it kind of had to go out of the window. So at the same time, it's like all that traffic fell. You know, the skies were clear, the roads were cleared mostly. And then, but then at the same time, the streets started filling up with, you know, face masks and 
And it's, it's kind of like, oh, the, the birds and the animals are coming back. And then everywhere you went, there was like, oh, there's face masks everywhere and, you know, hand sanitizer bottles. And Yeah. <laughs> I think, we, you know, but there's also, we can't work from home, like, at all. Um, and so we all have to go into work. One thing that I think is good about my work is they're like living shifts. So we're not traveling to and from work five days a week. We're traveling to, we're traveling to and from work for like once or twice a week. Yeah. Um, and off peak hours, I would guess. Yeah. Off peak hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you, can you walk to your client? Is she within walking distance? No, I used to, before I could drive, so I'd be in Leeds. And she lives in a village outside of York. I used to get the train from Burley. So I used to go from here to York. Then I used to run from York Station to the village that I work in. So it was like a commute. Like it was a long, long commute. But like I said, I only did it like once or twice a week. So mm. it, wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Now I can drive. I do drive there. Um, and it makes my life hell of a lot easier mm. i am going to be moving closer towards york way so i don't have to drive as far anymore but my partner lives in york so mm. um yeah i guess you, yeah it's, she's she lives rural like it's it's pretty hard to get to but it's not it's not every day so that's one really good thing about the pandemic is people did learn that they don't have to travel every day so mm. far mm. yeah and use the car for everything um I mean, it, like that question can be a bit awkward, especially if you, you know, there's the tendency to sort of, oh, oh you know, you kind of guilt trip yourself, <laughs> like, well, well, I don't do this and I don't do that. And it's like, no, well, you, you know, I am vegan, but I just, I, <laughs> <laughs> nobody can win. Like, nobody is perfect. No, just, yeah. but some people are definitely worth worse than others, and this is where I always like to go back to billionaires shooting themselves into space. If only they weren't coming back. Yeah. <laughs> coming back and buying Twitter. I'm sure we'd, yeah, I'm sure we'd be all quite happy to, you know, like, I mean, we all have club together to get the money together. Now we just need to fire them off onto Mars and then we can live in peace. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I think that's most of my questions. I've got a question. Um, oh, actually, I'll ask you this because, um, are you are you unionized and or and or have you been in the union? Yeah. No. I'm have you ever been asked? Sure what that means to be honest. So like yeah, are you are you a member of the union for your your care work? You're not with Unison or anything like that. And I'm not in the actors so not in equity. Equity. Yeah. Actually the the jobs that the jobs that I've had I'm pretty sure they don't want equity members. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are you getting more work on that front now? Because there's loads of production happening in the UK. I am, yeah, I've, I've um, been getting some really cool jobs and that's that side of things is going good. Mm. And it's a lot easier to manage doing the acting because you're just one person. You, you don't have to figure out five other people's whereabouts and mm. organizing, you know, rehearsals, renting rehearsals, ways and stuff like it's just you. And so it's a lot easier to manage. Mm. I mean, do you like that side? Do you like the kind of organizing side? Do you like, I mean, they've organizing myself. Mm. <laughs> I mean, where do you feel that you've got the sort of most autonomy in the work? Do you feel that you, do you feel you've got control overwork and you know it's not like work's got control over you can do you have do you have a separation of work and your own time like is it quite delineated can you switch off like at the moment I've, at the, the thing is like i know what i want to do eventually and i have like a very clear goal and vibe like for my future which is to help to help sort of get learning disabled people into employment because like this the biggest cost on on um on taxpayers is adult social care mm. of the people like my sister and there's loads and loads of adults with learning disabilities that could so be in in meaningful employment that are put in daycare centers and um and sort of just there are costs there are costs to the government 
But if there was more support in place to find the meaningful employment where like they definitely, definitely could do it. Like I, I strongly firmly agree that like learning disabled students, there is the right job for them. They just, it just needs to be found and it just needs to be facilitated. Um, and so one day I want to go and do my master's in social enterprise and then um, try and like, try and sort that out a little bit. Um, so at the moment, I feel like everything that I'm doing is, is kind of just for fun. Hmm. I'm not too serious about it. I'm like, I just like, yeah, I'm not too serious about it, about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go back to that point from, from you saying that I think it's interesting that you mentioned that you've got sort of your own company planned in the future. You've got the social enterprise planned. Um, I mean, in terms of like meaningful work or gainful employment, I, I mean, it very much sounds to me, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it sounds to me like, you know, you're not looking for work for work's sake for people of just like, oh, the goodness, the moral goodness of work will make you a better person and, you know, disabled people should work nine to five like everyone else because it would be morally good. It sounds yeah. like, you know, like we've said before of work giving you some meaning and something to do in a role in something rather than just, you know, being tr treated a specific way, you know, unless you've got the sort of, you get you still get lumped into that bracket of sort of being disabled and kind of, oh, well, they, they can't do anything or they shouldn't be doing anything or. And with the students that we used to have at the college that I used to work at, we used to have like different classes, like maths of money, um, office skills, like, like practical classes. And um, in the maths of money one, we would say, so you go in for this job, they would all be going for different jobs. It's an amazing institution. It's called Blueberry Academy. It's in York and it helps to find, um, young young adults employment um and sets them up with employment and stuff and then we used to have this class called massive money and we used to say if you got that job as a kitchen porter at blah 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 you would be able to get um you would you would get 850 pound a month plus tips so we're talking 950 pound yeah so we'd look at the or oh, whatever 90 pound we'd we'd get like an excel spreadsheet and we'd say this is how much you're going to get paid this is how much your rent's going to be this is how much your bills are going to be. This is how much your food's going to be. And we'd say, you've, you've still got 200 quid. Like, what are you going to do? And they'd be like, this, that, and then, I don't know. It's just like, it's just meaningful to work for that money. And it's mm. it's nice to be able to spend it on something like, oh, do you want to take, you could take so-and-so to the cinema and that would cost you 20 quid. And you've still got blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? Just like having mm. some autonomy over your life and having mm. some freedom like, like people face problem. Learning disabled people face problems going to work, and they might, and they, and they might do things like we have students that would be consistently late or early, five minutes either way, but would never get there on time. And the problem isn't that the person was sleeping in or lazy; it's just they can't tell the time on a on a certain type of clock. So the only problem is they need a digital clock, and maybe it takes a little bit of time figuring out those small things. But like. Mm. That's, that doesn't mean that it's not worth it for the rest of their lives. Mm. It just means that it takes a few months to get everything right. Um, and yeah, I don't know. My si it's like my sister's, she is slow, but she's very, very careful. Mm. And she and she, she now works for Arup, which is an engineering company. Mm. And she puts in data about um, potholes. Mm -hmm. So she just like, puts data into an Excel spreadsheet and... Um, and for a lot of people, they'd be like, this is so boring, like just putting in the same things and just the sales projects. But she loves it because she's mm. a bit perfectionist. And for someone like her or maybe someone with Asperger's or something, they might find it quite, quite nice. Get, yeah. Yeah. To do jobs that not, you know, we, we all have different abilities. But it's, it, I mean, it's good to be good at something you know like that's the other part of work is because you're doing it all the time and the the theory you're getting that practice you should be getting better at it you should be you know it's something that you can master and and be the best well not necessarily the best at but you you know we all have this i think we all have this idea in our heads of a, a level of professionalism whatever that is whatever industry you're in that it's like okay so i need to be at that level 
I think when you start in a workplace, you, you're looking at the work culture and you're kind of like, okay, who's good? Who's respected? What are they respected for? Um, maybe not consciously, but I think, you know, you, th- there's always that benchmarking. Or when you were at school, you look at, you look at, the t- when you, I found when I left school and I would look at the teachers I respected at school and I would think, why do I respect them? Or like, what were they good at? I do, I think you're 100% right there. Like you, you definitely look at people in your workplace and go, what my manager at the moment, she's fantastic. And when I look at her, I'm just like, you know, what is it about you that makes you fantastic? Like, yeah, yeah. And, and you like, and you are trying to be better at your job, but then also you kind of know what you're not that good at as well. Mm. You do, you do. But the strange thing is, you know, there's, there's the element of you being your own worst critic. And there's also the element of like, you've no idea how other people are receiving things and you know the way you present messages that you put out like people can take any reading from any of those kind of things so it's like we're always working on best guess aren't we really yeah yeah I mean, it's sort of like the social media thing again of just like oh i should put this out or this interests me and then and then you look at your wall and you're kind of like what does that say <laughs> but that's what I want to work in my head. Sometimes I'm like, I just forget about all that shit. And I'm like, do you know what? I'm vibing with this at the moment. So I'm just going to share this. Like, I shared a video of Lizzo, her new song last week. And then, like, zero engagement. My boyfriend liked it. Nobody else liked it. Nobody else cares. But I'm like, that is actually genuinely what I'm interested in. I like yeah. it. It doesn't fit the algorithms at all of social media. But that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I've done all of my questions, so I'm going to throw it over to you. Is there anything that you sort of thinking about work or anything that's kind of come up as we've chatted um, that you want to talk about? Anything that you want to plug? Uh, do you want to like plug the band or any of your socials? Or well, over to you. You've got a leads list and shit, so I would really like the, the especially women or gender non-conforming people of leads to come to um, my clothes swap on the 8th of May um, at Sheep Street, but they can find that, um, the page for that at Good On You Leads. Mm. Um, and yeah, that would be great. Tell us a little bit more about it then, just that, like, how did how did you start up? How long has it been going? Um, like, is it growing or is it steady or? And, uh, it started in my kitchen here um, downstairs when I first moved to Leeds and got my own house and stuff with my friends like moved out and um and I wanted to meet more women in the area because I didn't have any girlfriends at all and I wanted to create some new friendships and so I invited this individual women that I knew from around to come over to mine I said we'll have a clothes swap and I don't really drink and so it wasn't like I was going to the pub every night and meeting people that way so I wanted to um do something in a something that I care about. I love clothes and I love secondhand clothes. Um, and I had to have loads. So I thought I'll invite all these girls round. And we went round in a circle and got out our old outfits. And I have loads of shows from, clothes from old shows. Mm-hmm. So I'll be like, I want it, blah, blah, blah. Like, I loved it. But I know that I'm not going to wear it again. So does anybody else want it? And we did this, like, and it was just so much fun. Such a laugh. Everyone trying on clothes and just, like, having a great time. Mm. And they all those other people that were there I've made friends with each other and like we've gone on holiday together we've got really close and I've really found my friendship group here in Leeds by the clothes swap mm. and I thought I really want to make this on a bigger scale because I do feel like a lot of people are very lonely mm. and um and like I was saying about the sort of drinking thing I think there's only just there's like there's a certain type of like they drunk friendship that you can create but by doing something that's slightly different I don't know it's just a, it's a more real friendship in, than meeting somebody in the club a, a little bit um, mm. I'm also really passionate about charities that support um, women that have been victims of domestic abuse or um, I've done some our last fundraiser was for Sarsville which is the um, support against rape and sexual violence in mm-hmm. group in the so yeah, each each swap is you can just leave any donation. Like we suggest four pounds, but you can take as many clothes as you like. 
Mm. And people can come along. They don't have to bring clothes if they don't want to. We have loads of stock already. So it's basically free clothes and it's a very friendly group of people that, yeah, I, I say women and gender non-conforming people, so non-binary people, but it's basically a PC way of saying no fellas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but then at the same time, you know, you're not really going to get that many but like blokes who are being blokey blokes so are not going to be like oh i'm going to go and do dress up are they yeah <laughs> yeah but maybe yeah, at the weekend then you get then you get the creeps that are like oh we got other dances because there's going to be yeah. like loads of girls there trying on clothes <laughs> and i'm like yeah we need to make sure that they can't come in <laughs> i was going to ask you um if there was any money changing hands with it and if sort of money i mean you kind of answered it because you you know you there's like cover charge you're giving the money to charities like fundraising but uh, yeah I, I mean like if that became a job for you would it be fun anymore or would that kill it uh yeah it would be it would be pretty amazing like i do actually see that as being a, like a future idea is yeah if i if i could make this into a thing good on you mm. um and do it in different cities and even get other people to do, you know, like we do Macmillan coffee mornings or whatever, people can host their own Macmillan coffee morning. Mm -hmm. uh, but like if people could host their own good on you and they can just like invite their friends over and swap clothes and then raise some money for a charity. Have you tried um, doing that online? Like, so you could have it at a distance so people could, I mean, you're not going to have the, we'd be dressing up on camera. It wouldn't be the same, but I mean, maybe you could, it could be quite interesting. You'd have to send, you'd have to send. Yeah, you'd have to post the items to each other and stuff. So it wouldn't, but I mean, you know, better than going to landfill. Yeah, yeah it is. But I also think that the actual loveliness about it is just being with each other. Yeah, being in the physical space and being, yeah. And passing the clothes and everything. And I think that they, that's what people are craving. They're not craving another fucking Zoom party. <laughs> I never went to one. No, I did. I went on one. I went on before I actually started going out with my boyfriend. He did like a he did like a live stream, like a gigs as a DJ, and I was watching it, and I just felt like a creep because I was there watching it. No one could see me, and I was like watching him and all of his friends, and I was like, "This is so weird." <laughs> but yeah, I think it has, it has to be in person. I would I'd, like. The more time that you invest it, you do at some point, you know, if it becomes a full-time job, then you do kind of have to get some money for it. But mm -hmm. I think at the moment, it's not too much work for me. I have a, an, um, my friend, Alice, who's an amazing graphic designer and she's done all the graphics for me. So she helps me like, tells me when I should put something on Instagram and, um, and that's really helpful and to get more volunteers. Because at the end of the day, I don't want it to just be my thing either. The whole niceness of it is that I met these amazing people through doing it. And I want to like promote and create new friendships. So, mm. I mean, the, the, like, does, sorry, I will wind it up. But does the uh, kind of the artistic side and the good on you side, like, do you feel that's teaching you or made you learn like business skills of... <laughs> um you know like the way to organize and how to do your paperwork and like has it has it enforced market discipline on you and made you a what's better... paperwork <laughs> <laughs> what's paper <laughs> um no I, to be fair i know i i like business i did business studies i used to have a business i do i do like it um, this is not a business. This is just, there's no, there's literally no money changing hands. We just take the money for charity, give it to charity. Like, yeah. um, yeah, there's, there's nothing complicated about it. I think at some point you do have to make a decision to turn something legit mm. and the success of the next few good on news will determine whether or not I do that, but I'm quite happy just keeping it low key. Thank you again to Bonnie for being my guest. Thanks again to all my guests. And thanks to you, Leeds, for being my subject. And of course, most of all, thanks to you, my dear listener. Come back on Monday to hear me talk to Leeds-based eco-builder Kevin Pratt. You can follow this show on Twitter at WorkingHours3 and on Instagram at WorkingHoursPodLeads. Use the hashtag WorkingHoursPodLeads to stay up to date on when new episodes are being released. DM me with your questions or most importantly to get in touch if you'd like to be my guest on this show. Please do chuck in anything you can to help the show grow. 
go to kofi.com, that's ko-fi.com forward slash working hours and join me there for a pound a month and or you can make a one-off donation of whatever amount you want there. Um, you can also go to patreon.com forward slash working hours pod to support working hours again from as little as a pound a month. Why not be super awesome and join both? There are live streams with me on the Patreon and you can get access to the Working Hours Discord with a Kofi membership. So go crazy. Spend on this show like there's no tomorrow. Why not? Your planet is burning. Your house is on fire. Your governments are criminals. The oil industry are maniacs and bankers are completely insane. We're losing everything. We aren't acting like it. Do something new and something different. Remember to like, share, follow and subscribe to Working Hours. Work for peace and plan with kindness. Okay, that's me. Cheers, ears. Take care out there and be kind to each other, Leeds. If you're listening to this, I assume you have some connection to Leeds, like living here or being from here. If you're such a person in Leeds or from Leeds and you haven't done your recording for working hours yet, then don't wait. Email me at workinghourspod at western-studios com and let's arrange some time to record your working hours interview if you want to be a guest on the show put guest in your subject line and add a short bio in your message along with some indication of your availability i will need a two-hour window for us to record in i can record in your work time or during your downtime i have been recording interviews for working hours for over a year on zoom but i can record offline as well how do you feel about work what do you like and not like about your work you can be on Working Hours anonymously or you can promote yourself, your company or your brand. Cleaner or owner, what is your experience? Have your voice heard for a change. Share your wisdom with people who want to hear it for a change. Give us the inside skinny on what's happening in your industry. Loiners, what are you doing in the world? What is Leeds doing most of the time? Be a part of local history. Be on Working Hours. This is your show, Leeds. It's all about what you are making and have made of yourself and of our city. Do you even know what you're doing? If you think you do, then come and tell me about it. Come on Working Hours, even if you don't know what you're doing. I certainly don't. Email me right now. Quick, get a pen. WorkingHoursPod at western-studios.com If you're allowed to do that, that is... If you're not allowed to do that, then maybe sneakily tell me why. You can email this show securely and anonymously via westernstudios at protonmail.com and I could alter your voice on a recording and keep you anonymous. Come and tell me how awful and dodgy your employer is. If you and your business aren't ashamed of what you do, then let's hear all about it. What good are you doing the rest of us? Are you socially useful? Am I? Is this? Send your feedback, questions, comments and queries right now to workinghourspod at western-studios.com. Follow this show on Twitter at workinghours3 and on Instagram at workinghourspodleads to find out when new episodes are being released or to DM me with any questions or comments. Or you can use the hashtag workinghourspodleads on either site to find me. I'm on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash western underscore studios underscore leads. And I'm on LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Simon hyphen treen. Or you can go to my company page, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash western hyphen studios. Yes, I have a company of one. To be fair to me, I am the best company that I have ever worked for. If you want to work with me to make a podcast or any digital audio content in Leeds, then get in touch. Whether it's for a cause, for publicity campaigns, product promotions, sales, or just for your own passion projects, then get in touch with me, Western Studios, now. If you're thinking of online audio content creation, then think Western Studios for support, advice, and guidance on getting it made. At Western Studios, you work with a real-life loiner who is actually in Leeds, who you can actually work with on your digital audio content. Not a piece of software, not a course of articles or a series of live chats and video courses, but me, a person in physical place-based reality. So don't wade through vapid articles and videos and podcasts about how to make podcasts by disembodied virtual people on the web. Get on with making your podcast now. 
then when it gets hard and expensive and it all goes wrong, which it will, then call Western Studios to make your podcast with you or even for you. Western Studios will take on your podcast boring, time-consuming and painful admin, recording, editing, transcription, whatever. Tell me about your podcasting pain points and I can make it all better for you. I feel your pain. For a charge, I'll share it. Remember, podcast work is work. Leeds businesses, Leeds campaigns, Leeds brands. Got an inkling that you'd like a podcast but don't know where to start? Hit me up at makemypodcast at western-studios.com and we'll start making your podcast straight away. The first hour of arranged consultation and pre-production time is free. And then I charge £25 an hour after that. I can arrange hefty discounts for the right projects. So tell me your idea and your budget and I'll tell you what I can do for you. What do you have to lose? Time. That's what. Time is running out. Temperatures are rising. The sun's getting real low on humanity now. So make your thing and make it now because you and all your future ancestors who will now never be will be holding your peace for the rest of forever. The best time to make a podcast was 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. Writers in Yorkshire, what are you doing with your lives? Hopefully you're writing. Well, I know there are listeners out there who want to hear great original writing performed as audio content that is about and for and has been made in Leeds. How do I know this? Because I am one of them. Help me make your old screenplays, unpublished novels, unperformed plays, stories, poems and performances. Whatever you got, baby. Make it as podcast content. Is your work arty, salacious, pulpy, strange? Good. I want to make it into a podcast or audiobook. I get to practice making shows and you get a finished, performed and published version of your writing. Save yourself the hassle and the headache of making your podcast by giving it to me instead. And finally, once again, please let this show, what you're listening to right now, Working Hours, get big and strong by joining its Patreon. Support Working Hours online. Be a champion on Patreon. Don't ask the membership fee. It's a pound. For a pound a month, you can really inspire me and motivate me. Maybe one day you'll even cover my costs. Go to patreon.com forward slash working hours pod to sign up or go to Kofi, K-O hyphen F-I dot com forward slash working hours and join me there for a pound a month. Be super awesome and join both. There's a monthly live stream on the Patreon and you can get access to the working hours discord with a Kofi membership. So do both. Go crazy. Spend on me like there's no tomorrow. Why not? Your planet is burning. Your house is on fire. Your governments are criminals. The oil industry are maniacs. And bankers are completely insane. We're losing everything. Act like it. Do something new and something different. Work for peace and plan with kindness. Remember to like, share, follow and subscribe to Working Hours. Tell your grand. Tell your housekeeper. Tell your gardener. Tell your parole officer. Tell your boss. Tell Leeds. And I'll see thee next time. Our Kid. Working Hours is presented, edited and recorded by Simon Treen for Western Studios Leeds Limited. The music was The Bees from Chopin's Etudes, which is in the public domain and was taken from museopen.org.